0: Women Taking the Lead, episode 173.
1: You know, it's those moments, it's those things that happen, the pit stops that I call along the journey. And we have to remember to be happy in that successful moment. So, you know, it's, it's awesome and successful when you have your first kid or your second kid or your third kid or, and when you get married or when you start your first business or when you start your second business and, or when you hit your first million dollars in sales or you get that promotion, like those are success. That is how you define success. So don't bypass them because you're just looking for the next piece to happen, focus on those pit
0: stops for the success that they actually are. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Stacey Brown Randall, who has one focus in life, to help business owners avoid business failure. She knows she's been there, done that, and received the t-shirt. What Stacey learned when her first business failed and through years of researching successful business owners is now what is making all the difference in her current business's success. And she is sharing all of her secrets. As a business growth accelerator, Stacy's online programs and live coaching provide a blueprint to follow to take control of your referrals, your client experience, your business, and your days. Stacey received her master's in organizational communication and is married with not one, but three kids. (laughs) Doing all of this with three kids. I know people who have three kids, Stacey, and I have a a wild appreciation for that. So that's just a little intro for everyone. So if you could tell us more about Stacey the person and your own humble beginnings.
1: Thank you, Jody, so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Uh, Yes, I'm going to tell you what, those three kids. I realize once you add the third child how much the world is not created for for odd number families <laughs> right. Booth seat four people, not five people mm-hmm. so that has definitely been something that we have been we have been learning so but you know when I think about um kind of telling folks my story of kind of where I came from and a little bit about how I started out, you know I would say for the majority of my life it was pretty like, average and not in like a bad way, but just, you know, grew up with, I mean, my parents are still married to this day. I have an older brother. We had that, you know, that upper middle income kind of family, Uh, went, got into the only college I applied to. Things went really well for me. I was involved in a lot of stuff. I was you know, president of whatever I could be president of. I kind of had that typical, I guess it's typical, I guess it's typical to me, that typical beginnings. Um, but I had one unique kind of difference, I think, in my world. And that was, is that I was surrounded by entrepreneurs. My father is an author. He is a fiction writer. My grandmother owned five restaurants at one time, one of which she sold to my uncle. And he still runs it to this day. And uh, one my brother eventually bought from her, and he runs that to this day. And, you know, I have other uncles and aunts and other people running other businesses. My husband owns two businesses. And so I I think that when I think back over kind of where I started from, everything about my world seemed pretty normal. You know, I got the job, did the corporate America thing, but always had this desire to really... um, what I would call, if you look at my family, be free and the way that we defined it. Um, And that is freedom from a lot of different things, specifically for me, freedom from a boss is really what it came down to. But I kind of had this idea kind of planted early on that, you know, being an entrepreneur is just kind of something people do. And I think that was really, beneficial for me, um, for me to strike out on my own and decide to start my own business. I did that though, leaving my corporate job, starting my first business, which of course, as you read in the beginning is the, in my bio is the one that failed, but I did that four weeks pregnant and didn't know it. Oh boy. I, yeah, I do, I do <laughs> not recommend that. At all. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I just, I think when I look back over my life, I just kind of had this, you know, easy, not easy, terribly easy, but pretty easy childhood. I had a great college career. Uh, you know, I graduated from college. I met my husband. We have, you know, everything's good. And then I had this burning desire to kind of shake things up always and uh, start my own business. And I think that that comes from, of course, my, my background, um, having all the entrepreneurs sitting around the table all the time at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, but it has really just been um, an interesting ride, to say the least.
0: I bet. And I can't wait to hear more about that. And, you know, Stacey, I think, you know, people assume, you know, that if you have this background in entrepreneurship, then, you know, of course, you're, you've are you got the golden ticket, everything will work out perfectly. Um, but It's not true. And there are serial entrepreneurs out there who are not successful in every business endeavor that they do. I was just actually talking with somebody about Guy Kawasaki today, Richard Branson, like they do have businesses that fail. You know, I mean, I think over time, they learn a lot of lessons to set businesses up for success, but they're not completely immune to it. But I can totally hear in your voice now how coming through that experience, you know, as I'm sure as painful as it was when it happened, like you're like, okay, I know what happened and I know how to teach other people how to prevent that from happening again. And, you know, you've you've built up confidence and you're sharing that. But if you could, I always like to start off the, at this point um, in the interview by kind of leveling the playing field, you know, so that the, those moments that we can all relate to, those moments where we're undervaluing ourselves or not fully seeing our, our true potential. And so we hold ourselves back. I call them our playing small moments. And I totally get that from the Marianne Williamson quote totally stole it from there. But if you could share with us one of your playing small moments and the lessons you've learned from it.
1: You know, I would say one of the most impactful uh, playing small moments that I have is when my business failed was never talking about it. And I didn't actually talk about it for about probably two years after it happened. I did what I call the corporate spin, which is, you know, I had my business for a number of years. I had wonderful clients. It was an HR consulting firm. And I had a number of wonderful clients like KPMG, uh, Snyder's Lance, BDO USA, Coca-Cola Bottling. Like I had a great city of Charlotte. I had a great list of clients. And from the outside looking in, you would have thought, you know, I had published white papers and I was being interviewed by Bloomberg News. And if you were looking, if you were from the outside looking in, you would have thought, wow, this business is amazing. And the reality of it is it was falling apart. <laughs> and I uh, I definitely learned some really hard lessons. And I think that's what I share now in the business and the, and the coaching that I do now with my clients. But I didn't talk about it, and I pretended I just kind of spun the story, right? Like, oh, I took this corporate job because it was such a great opportunity, and I would never talk about the business failing. It was just kind of like this thing that happened, and I put it in a box, and I tried to put the box on a shelf, and I tried to forget about it. And in reality, when I went, um, after I, when my business failed, I had to get a corporate job you know this the story i told myself was was this was a great opportunity and i should leave my business behind and that's why i told people i should leave my business behind cuz this is a great opportunity and the reality, I needed the money, right? So mm-hmm. it just was what it was. And when I finally took that box off the shelf and I went back out on my own a second time, I realized I couldn't be authentic if I wasn't willing to talk about it. But that doesn't mean I talked about it right away. I built a business, it was being really successful. And then I remember distinctly standing in front of a group of folks, probably about 20 or 30 folks, talking about how my first business failed. And it was like this release of all these, of all this pent up, like, worriedness of people judging me. And what you recognize in those kind of moments, at least I did, was is that people actually resonated way more with my struggles Mm
0: -hmm. than
1: they do with my successes. And I realized that by trying to hide that failure, I was playing small. And when I put it out there to let people know, hey, this can happen to anybody. I come from a sea of entrepreneurs and I still failed and some of them failed. Right. And so it's okay, And those things happen. And when I recognized that it was okay to talk about it and I started talking about it, well, now you can't get me to stop. And I think it's a big cornerstone of kind of where I am today and why years later now I'm so much more successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Brene Brown talks a lot about that in her writings and in her you know, talks about how you know, when we feel shame over something and we try to hide it, we actually give it power over us. Yes, And it totally, you know, engulfs us and, and does take away a lot of our personal power and our energy too. And you're absolutely right. I find too, a lot of people relate to the struggles, like our successes all look differently, but our, our, our struggles look very similar, (laughs) you know? Yes. And so we connect on those things and by sharing it, you actually, rather than it making you weak, you actually got your power back.
1: Absolutely. And that's one thing I tell my clients all the time is anything that has power over you in your business or in your life in general, anything that has power over you, first you have to recognize it and then you have to be willing to talk about it and do something about it so that you can take your power back.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I completely appreciate when people are honest about like, hey, this is what's going on in our business right now. I think so many business, especially businesses, because they're so fearful that people will not want to do business with them if they, they hear that they're struggling or anything's going on. But the reality is that's when we can rally people around us. And get the help that we need. So it's so great that there are people like you out there who are like, hey, if you're having trouble, <laughs> I will help you with that. There's no shame here. There's no secrets here. It's all good. Yes. And you can get the help you need. Well, and it's
1: funny because now when I work with my clients, um, and there's a number of different types of coaching that I do with my clients, I have some online programs and some like you know face-to-face or phone-based coaching. It's in those face-to-face and those phone-based coaching moments when I can see What's coming for my clients because I've been there. And I think that really helps resonate with them. And I'm like, I know how this story is going to end. We've got mm-hmm. to start making different choices now so we
0: can rewrite the ending. I love that. And, and that's what people want to hear. Like, I know where this is going. Yes. <laughs> And and I have the solution. Right, and
1: it's not pretty, so trust me. We don't want to go there.
0: Rarely is it. Now, Stacey, if you could share a time in your journey when you had that aha moment, that wake-up call, or it could have been, for some people, it's a slow awakening, like the universe sends them messages (laughs) over time. But in either case, there's usually a moment when a realization occurs and you're ready for action. If you could share with us that story of your aha moment and the steps you took that led to your success?
1: This is such a, um, a great question to ask right now at this time, because I really had one of these aha moments just a couple of months ago, and it has totally changed the trajectory of some of the decisions that I've been making over the last few months. And I was, I'll set the stage a little bit with the story for you. I was filling out some paperwork. I was going to a conference and I was filling out some paperwork, some pre-work you had to do so you could, you know, get enough out of the conference. You had to do all this work. And I came to this last question and, as my husband would walk in and out of the kitchen every once in a while, I would read a question out, and then I would start answering or whatever. So he kind of knew a little bit of the context of what um, I was writing about. And I he got to this last question, and it was like, okay, so what's why don't you have what you want in life? Like that was I don't that's I'm paraphrasing. That wasn't the exact question, but it was something to the effect of why don't you have now what you want? And my and I read it out loud, and I just sat there, and my husband goes, oh, he goes, it's just that small amount of doubt that you let creep in. And then he kept walking. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's actually kind of brilliant because it's true. You know, I think anytime we try to do something different, whether it's in our jobs and we go for a promotion or we reach out for that stretch assignment or, you know, we, we take on a new challenge in our personal life and whether it's at work. And for me and my business, it's it's doing some things different and trying to pivot, I do a lot of face-to-face or live-based coaching and trying to pivot more to the online world so I can help more people. And there's a lot of doubt. Every time you make a pivot, every time you reach, every time you stretch, every every time you challenge yourself to do something you don't really know how to do, you know, there is this doubt that just gets to creep in. And, you know, and I see it a lot and um, I see it a lot in my clients and I see it in myself. And it was really interesting when he verbalized that, I was like, I actually let that doubt creep in sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs> and, you know, and so it was just that moment of, and literally that was the exact answer was exactly, I was like in the answer, when I typed it into that worksheet, I typed in, as my husband says, you know, just that small amount of doubt creeping in. And I have used that when I go to make a choice or a decision and I get scared or I worry that, oh my gosh, I'm gonna put myself out there and what are people gonna think? And are they gonna like it? Or are they not gonna like it? And I was like, no, that's the doubt speaking, just do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, Stussy, you're just having me like, like I'm having a visceral experience because you're absolutely right. It's not, it's not always like something big or tragic that takes us off course and prevents us from getting what we want. It's the little things. And like you said, self, self-doubt and, you know, I can picture in my own business and I'm sure other people can relate to this as well. It's, it's moments like, oh, you know, I have on my list of things to do today to follow up with that person who is going to get back to me. And let me know if they wanted to hire me. Well, they said they'd get back to me. So I guess I won't make that call. Like, but really what's going on there is self-doubt. Yes. That's going to be uncomfortable. What if they say no? What if they think I'm bothering them? So I won't make the call. And I can't tell you how many times where... I've decided not to let self-doubt stop me, made the call, and they said, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to catch up with you. (laughs) Thank you so much for calling me because things have gotten so busy. Yes, I'm ready. Right? And I would have lost that business and cumulatively would have probably gone out of business if I'd let that self-doubt stop me enough times. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. All right. Now, what we're going to talk about is leadership style because we all do it just a little bit differently. For some of us, you know, it's our personality styles, our life experience, what we've been through before, and where we want to go that shapes who we are as a leader. So, Stacey, how would you describe your leadership style?
1: You know, I think a lot of my leadership style is rooted in just a few key things that happened to me early in life. And so with my leadership style, um, I, tr- I, I do a lot of planning ahead so that I can get buy-in from the people um, that are going to need to be, you know, included and are going to need to be, like, on board with the decision. And I like to plan ahead because I like to give everyone time to actually um, accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And I'll tell you what, one thing I really, really try not to do is to be bossy and, I have found in my life that that's really easy and natural for me. So, and I know there's all that, oh, don't say bossy. It's leadership skills. No, sometimes it's actually just bossy. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's it's not great, but it's okay. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm the person who got elected to be the junior varsity cheerleading captain in high school of the cheerleading squad. And halfway through the season was unelected, <laughs> was booted out for being too bossy. And so, I, and I will say, I think that is a tape that plays in my head when I'm, you know, sitting on boards or I'm working with people within my company. And, and I don't have a staff and I don't have a staff on purpose, but I have an army of people who help me. Um, I call them my army of contracts. But Mm -hmm. just remembering to like, okay, let's just get buy-in early. Let's not be like a bull in a china shop. And just allowing that to kind of shift how I address people and how I work with people. And for me, it it actually happens to be the message I need to tell myself. I need to tell myself, okay, not everybody's thinking what you're thinking at this moment because you've been thinking about it for three months and they're now just Mm -hmm. hearing about it. So let's just, you know, let's get some early buy-in. Let's take our time. Let's plan ahead so that you can get everyone on board.
0: Oh, I love that you're saying this, Stacey, because I remember having this conversation with one of my clients where she was, she was talking about her staff and she's like, why don't they get it? I don't like, I don't understand what is going through their minds, like lack of common sense. And right after we had that meeting, I was reading the book, think like a freak. And I ended up reading a page where I was like, oh my God, I ended up highlighting it, scanning it to her and being like, this is why. And it went into the whole, what exactly what you just said not everyone thinks like you. So not everyone's motivated by the same things that you're motivated, nor are they put off by the same things that you're put off by. You really have to understand you know, that everybody thinks a little bit differently. And I was just like, that's all we have to remember. Right. Yep. And, and then we have space for other people. And we think to ask the questions. I think when we're in that mode where we're assuming everyone thinks like we do, we don't ask the questions. Because why would we? Right. Because we assume everybody's already got it. Let's go. Let's just go. (laughs) And when you you recognize that you're not really sure, you don't have that understanding, you ask more questions, you tune in. And like you said, you get buy-in from the beginning. Perfect. Yes. And Stacey, what's the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now?
1: So I would say that one of the biggest challenges that I'm faced with is really um, managing the two parts to my business and that is I have a very healthy coaching practice I typically run in a few months wait list and you know I have obviously have built my business by referrals um, that's obviously what I teach people how to do so I hope I'm walking that talk and I definitely am um, so I have this really healthy coaching practice but what I recognized is that some of the stuff I teach people, I can actually um, make it more of a product that somebody else can purchase and can get access to me, but doesn't necessarily have to pay to spend time in, you know, coaching sessions with me. And so I started producing some online programs and I have one now called Growth by Referrals. And it's basically teaching people how to get referrals without asking, which I think is key for a lot of people um, because they don't get referrals because they think they're supposed to ask. And I kind of crack the code on how not to ask and still leverage getting lots and lots of referrals. But trying to give the time and energy to the online side of the business and the time and the energy to the live clients who, you know, I talk to on the phone every other week or they come into my office. Th- that balancing out because it's almost like running two businesses at the same time and mm-hmm. still trying to do it within you know a short not, not necessarily a short work week but I don't typically work on Fridays um, and trying to do it in that kind of balance and that structure and that business by design has really become a new challenge for me um, probably over the last I don't know six months to a year
0: yeah and every new evolution of your business brings different challenges yes and And these are great challenges to have because what they tell me is, like, you've made it several levels. You know, to be faced with these challenges is a good thing. Yes. I. And here's the thing. They're challenges, and I have to learn how to deal with them, but I would so rather have these than other types of challenges. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And Stacey, you you mentioned earlier that you don't have a staff around you, but I imagine you have people, like a support team, like the people in your life or in your business who help you to do what it is that you do. I think sometimes when um, the women of this community are listening to the episodes, there can be this perception that, you know, somebody's made it totally on their own you know, and they feel like, oh God, you know, like she's out there doing it. Why am I not able to do that? Because we don't often, you know, get asked about the people who support us. So if you could quickly describe the people around you who help you to do what you do. Absolutely.
1: And I would say, I think it's really important for folks to remember, please don't compare your crazy, chaotic backstage to most people's perfectly presented front stages, right? (laughs) Because what you see and hear when someone, and like you know tells you how it's going they're telling you all the good stuff you didn't see the crazy chaos that happened before they got out the door that morning. Um, But I would say when I look at my support team, um, obviously, I I know I'm fortunate and I know I'm lucky and I don't take that lightly that I have a very supportive husband um, that wants me to be successful. I mean, he says all the time, when are you going to make your millions so I can be a house husband? Like He (laughs) says it a lot. And I think he actually believes it. I don't know if he would, I think he'd get bored, but regardless. Um, So I do have a very supportive husband who doesn't you know, doesn't expect us to come home and have all their meal, his meals cooked and, you know, all the beds made and all the laundry done. So I do have a husband that, that participates. My children are six. I have two eight-year-old boys. They're not twins. I can give that story if you're interested, but I have two eight-year-old sons and I have a six-year-old daughter. And so they're now at that age where they have expectations of doing stuff themselves. They put their own laundry away and they make their own lunches for school. And so I have also found that routines really like just that necessary routine of kind of like what the morning looks like, what the evening looks like really is a great support to me. And even if you don't have that wonderful husband that supports you, anybody can put a routine into place that would mm-hmm. allow them to really have the support that they need. And it's just, it's a way how you support yourself. But I also do have an army of contractors within my business. I have a virtual assistant. Obviously I have childcare support. I have, my parents are not far away. My mother-in-law doesn't live too far away, but you know, I outsource anything everything in my business that should be outsourced, that someone else can do it cheaper, faster, smarter, and just better. And so, you know, I, the graphic designer, the the WordPress developer, the accountant, right, the bookkeeper, you know, the virtual assistant, I do have that army of contractors, and I'm not afraid to lean on them when needed.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you can focus on the money making activity in your business exactly. and pay them Pay them for the work they do. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> and they do it faster. And let's be honest, usually it takes less hours than my hourly rate. Rates, yeah. So I always mm-hmm. win. In that situation, I always win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My goodness. And now, Cece, I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader?
1: Deep breaths. And for me, I move really fast. I move fast. I speak fast. I think fast. Um, And if I'm not careful, I will run people over. So I have to remind myself constantly just to take a deep breath and be willing just to take a step back sometimes.
0: And what is one book that you would recommend to another woman to help her develop her leadership skills?
1: I'm not sure if this is the best book to develop leadership skills, but I definitely think it's a great book to develop a sense of self. And that's um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I just think it is a
0: fantastic book
1: that everybody should
0: read. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think you and I are going to agree on this, Stacey, that anything you do in regards to your own personal development makes you a better leader and a better business person. Like They yes. are one in the same and absolutely connected. Absolutely, Yes. And Stacey, what advice would you give your younger self? So I always like to remind myself that
1: success is actually the many, many pit stops that you have on this journey of life. So just reminding yourself that it's success isn't a point, it isn't the end result. And you don't have to be so focused on that end goal. But success is like, you know, it's those moments, it's those things that happen, the pit stops that I call along the journey. And we have to remember to be happy in that successful moment so you know it's it's awesome and successful when you have your first kid or your second kid or your third kid or when you get married or when you start your first business or when you start your second business and or when you hit your first million dollars in sales or you get that promotion like those are success that is how you define success so don't bypass them because you're just looking for the next piece to happen focus on those pit stops for the success that they actually are
0: And Stacey, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you.
1: So when we became a family of five, we actually got custody of our nephew just over about a year ago. My husband and I sat down and said we needed some grounding in our life of how to make decisions now that we had our nephew and, you know, raising him and he's the same age as our son. And so raising him, we were his fifth home when we um, got custody of him last year. And so we sat down and we kind of developed what we call the, it's the Randall family values. And there's, we made five values because there's five people in the family and five's kind of, you know, our lucky number now as a family. And our last one or the last thing that we say that as a Randall family, what we believe is to, is to be brave. And so I'm not sure where I kind of came up with this little catchphrase. I don't know if I heard it from someone else. I read it somewhere, but I say it a lot to my kids and I say it a lot to myself and that's to be you bravely. And I think that that is a part that most of us have to remember because, yes, it's okay to be you. And sometimes that means we have to be brave to do it. That was
0: awesome. I'm having a reaction to that. (laughs) Be you bravely. Awesome. Lastly, Stacy, what is the best way for this community to connect with you?
1: Absolutely. Well, they can find me on my website, which is growthbyreferrals.com. And, you know, one of the reasons why I started my online programs is to help business owners build business by referrals because I actually found that gives me back more time and I make more money when I have my my clients coming through referrals. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there about how you get referrals and what it looks like. And I think we have 30 years of bad advice. So for any of your listeners that are wanting to get more referrals in their business or within their job of how they want clients coming in the door, um, they can check me out at growthbyreferrals.com. And I'll put together a quick... Um, a page for your listeners. It'll be growth by, and that's referrals.com forward slash women lead. And I'll just put on there, it's the four most common reasons people don't get referrals and what they can do about it. Because I truly believe um, that when when we are building businesses and whether we're helping someone build a business or we're building our own business, um, that when you can generate that business through referrals, that we are all uh, better off and that we do our best work.
0: And for those of you listening, I know oftentimes you are on the go. You know that you can find all the links and resources that Stacy shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. You can put her name in the search bar, and she's Stacy with an E, so S-T-A-C-E-Y. Um, and everything she shared will be right there on her show notes page. Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody, for having me. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at zebralovewebsolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.